Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, niggas and crackers, guys, gals, and, and non-binary pals, hot girls and city boys, saints and ain'ts, and, and all our Harlem family, family. Welcome, welcome to your very own podcast. Boy Jude Ali Stephens Wilson, aka Simbad Stefanucci, mm. aka the Diet Dominican, mm. aka the Magnificent Moulian, aka mm. the Philosophical Gangster, mm. aka the Gargantuan Guinea, mm. aka the Coco Cannoli, mm. aka the Crispy Lasagna, <laughs> aka the Chocolate Linguini. You know what it is, baby. Grrr. That all those <laughs> were fantastic. Those were the best yet. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much, man. So, so appreciate it. Hey, everybody, we're back. Um, Back in Black, as is the name of the episode, Happy Black History Month, uh, first and foremost. Yo, um, bad boys for life. If you don't stream HBO, uh, you're anti-black. So, that's... That, that was a... That's just a statement I'm That's making. a statement, but like, what... And anti-Italian, because Jude's half Italian. Yeah, yeah. So, think about that. Um, no, I'm... <laughs> you can't eat pizza, you can't eat fried chicken. Right. You can't eat lasagna. None of the things. You can't that eat you collard greens. None of it. You can't eat. You can't drink grape soda. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I don't think we made that. I don't know. We made but it. we. But we took it. But we took it. We made it popular. Um, which is kind of what we're going to be getting into today. But before all of that, obviously, it's been a little bit. Um, Jude and I have taken something of a break, and yeah. so we wanted to. I, I just want to like open up with how, how was your break, Jude? How, how you um, my break is rough. <laughs> it's been rough because. Um, uh, personal personal stuff going on with uh, familia and shit, mm. but um, I'm kind of in this new structured uh, lifestyle going on. I just right. wake up, go to school, wake up, work out, go to school, train, read in the, read on the train, do my homework at night or do my homework at school. I'm just really in this zone because I graduated this semester, and yes, um, and I'm just looking at. Uh, my next school, probably waiting to hear back from Hunter. Okay. I heard back from John Jay. They want the kid, you know? But, nice. uh, but yeah, I'm just training and thinking about also taking one of those tournaments because we've been bit by the uh, Garcia Kung Fu has been bit by that uh, ter- uh, tournament bug yes, and that competition have. bug. <laughs> Everybody want to fight right now. Yeah. So, so yeah. And your boy's thinking about getting tatted. And it's just like that, that's the way life is right now. It's, <laughs> it's structured, but then you got to just throw in spice in there and, I'm worried that the spice is going to be tats. Yeah, I um, that's I'm I'm glad to hear that. I'm I'm I have a lot of friends around me that are um, graduating and, and finishing, and that's dope. I am a few semesters behind everybody, so I'll meet y'all at the after party. Um, but popping bottles. Yeah, but this um this semester is is probably one of my busiest yet, um, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, the classes and the and the material that's required for all the classes. Um, and also just like my schedule even outside of it, much like Jude, I'm, um, 
still trying to work. I had been working for a little over a year now. I've had a job at TJ Maxx, a retail gig, which is, you know, it's money. And um, now I can really only work two days a week because I can't work evening because I come here to train. Yeah. Um, and I'm also already missing two days out of the training week because one of my classes meets on Tuesday, Thursday evenings, you know. And so, yeah. Um, and especially ahead of the black belt exam, you know, it's, it's when do you take that? I have as much preparation as I could. I think it's going to be in March now. Last mm-hmm. I heard, it's being pushed back a little bit. I don't mind waiting. Um, I mean, like, while I do feel like if I got it now, I'd be like, okay. I also feel like another month won't hurt. No, of course not. Um, It'll only be better. Yeah. And by this point, I've also been waiting, you know, a long time and preparing a long time. So everything is going towards making sure that when I get it, I feel like I've earned it. Yeah. Um, and... Other than that, you know, much like you're trying to read and, and, and both for pleasure and for class uh, when I can fit it in. What have you been reading for, um, if anything, for pleasure? I've been, I got into this book called Screenwriting by mm-hmm. um, Sid Field, which is considered like one of the, the holy texts of, of screen. Of yeah. Um, There's always those books for whatever subject. Yeah. Or actually, maybe it's called Screenplay. Uh, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I might have also messed up the author's name. Oop, whatever. Someone will fact check. That's me. a them problem. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I've been reading that. I've been reading um, a lot of Pablo Neruda poetry. Um, I've been reading uh, uh, compilation, like these uh, story. What do you call them? Like short uh, stories? Analogies. Yeah. Analogies? Uh, anthologies, rather. Okay. Um, put together by a, a Japanese author, mm-hmm. Haruki Murakami, which um, one of them is called Men Without Women. And the theme of each story is like it has to do with relationships between men and women romantically huh. and, um, you know, widowed husbands or oh, yeah. whatever. Pretty interesting stuff. And um, then also trying to write. Uh, five, five. I've been reading this. Um, I read this book. Um, it was called uh, Dreaming the Dark it was by this woman named Starhawk. Mm-hmm. It was like her spirit name and that's what she goes by. Mm-hmm. And it was about um, kind of um, breaking patriarchy in a spiritual way so it's kind of um it was really dope and i got a lot out of it but i just kind of need to like go back and look at the places where i underlined and i uh, circled things and to really uh i love marking up a book yeah Yeah. like it's what you're supposed to do you know because like i won't really remember it (laughs) right you know unless i'm reading like if i were reading harry potter which i never have but it's just something if you're reading an entertainment book yeah that's just but i'm kind of getting into the idea of reading things that are dealing with philosophy and society yeah. and political po- political things yeah. so I can get a better un- understanding of how I like what how I like to live and see a good way I can see the world to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um but yeah, that's what I'm doing. I also was reading um this book by a a Black Panther. She was um oh, Elaine Brown. Yeah, uh, yeah, Taste of Power. Is, me about. It's fire. I'm only like 100 pages in, but it's like a thick ass book. <laughs> and I'm reading about her life and I'm around where she's our age yeah. and she's young in the Panthers. Like it's bare, it's like baby Panther right now. Like yeah. they're still bubbling, they're little, organizing, little yeah. you know, and her life has been fucking crazy. Yo, the time times don't really change, bro. Mm. Like she was talking about her life as a young kid growing up in Philadelphia mm-hmm. in the forties and fifties and little girls were out here giving each other buck fifties. Mm. They had the razor blades in their hands, smacking chicks. Mm. And I'm like, damn, the bloods did this shit in the nineties. Yeah. So it's just, 
it just has staying power. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what? The brand is, the brand is Brolic, I guess, for buck 50s. Yo, for real. I'm like, damn. And the way we were living, even the, the dudes. You no, know, niggas was out here trying to get waves and rocking do-rags in the 40s and 50s. Really? It's, like, solid mm. in there. It's not, like, a 2000s thing. No, niggas did that, period. Mm. Might have been when they were conking their hair to right. make it straighter. But they're still getting those, like, little wavy, like, crisps in their hair. Yeah. It was it was wild. Soul glow. Yeah. <laughs> Rocking yellow do-rags like Muhammad downstairs. <laughs> um, yeah, we um, – that's that's super interesting and that I, when you recommended that to me. We almost thought about, like, trying to do, like, a – a book review episode, but, but I, nah, I, I like, wasn't going to be able to. We're not going to read that in in a month right now with yeah. all the other stuff we're doing. Yeah, definitely. But we did want to um, focus the episode on something that's been kind of um, a hot topic recently uh, and um, that we both uh, think about a lot. First off, we wanted to RIP um, Kobe and Gianna Bryant. Super tragic passing. Super untimely. Scary as shit. Yeah. It was really weird. I, 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 where were you when you got the news? I was chilling at home and our boy Vaughn posted it on his Instagram story. Mm-hmm. I thought he was just being a dickhead because LeBron just um, broke Kobe's record. The scoring record, yeah. So I just thought, oh, he's just being a dick, whatever, being funny, duddy, da 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 da. Right. Then you hit us up and you don't follow basketball for shit. <laughs> and, and neither do I, but you especially not. No, no. I'm like, what? Kobe died? What? So yeah. I Google it. I saw it on TMZ and I saw it on some other um, news uh, website. It's like, all right, whatever. Like, what, whatever's going on. Google it a couple, like, like five, ten minutes later. More. Yeah. I was like, oh, uh-oh. And then I called my boy um, Putman. And he was like, yo, Jude. He immediately knew why I was calling mm-hmm. him. He was like, yo, Jude, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yo, Kobe died? I get I'm like scared. how like what, and then the news came in and it was established that he passed away, and then it came out like five hours later that Gianna was on the helicopter with him and all all those other people yeah. RP to them too. Yes, of course. But it was just really sad and really tragic. It was just it was just fucking weird. Yeah, it was like what? It's not like when Muhammad Ali died, and I love Muhammad Ali, and he's. An ama- is is an icon to yeah. everybody on the planet. Of course. But he was old. Yeah. And he had Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. You know, you're like, okay, he's finally resting in peace. Yeah. He did what he did on this planet. Yeah. Gave us all these amazing memories. He was a crazy bastard sometimes. <laughs> I'll take that in there too. But you just knew he he had lived a full life and he did what he needed to do. Yeah. You used to see Kobe just go like that, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, because like, Kobe retired like three years ago. Yeah, it was such a, a a violent. I mean, for me, my story is just that I was on Twitter, and the first thing I saw about it was a post from uh, Brother Nature, that dude on um, Instagram. He's viral because he he has like the deer that follows him around, Canela. Uh, he's, yeah. like, he's like an animal whisperer. Oh, isn't that cool? Yeah. So um, I'm gonna do that when I grow up. Yeah, I actually ran into him at a tattoo parlor once. My friend was getting her nose pierced, and we took a selfie with him. Why didn't you take a tattoo? Why didn't you get a tattoo? Because I, I wasn't there for me. Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, but so, no, I saw I saw his post, and he, and he said, like, I just can't believe this. Rest in peace, Kobe. And now my first thought is, oh, he must be talking about, like, a dog or something. Like, I know Kobe Bryant isn't dead. Like, he's talking about his pet that he named Kobe. 
then I go on the trend. I, I type up Rip Kobe into, well, actually, but even before that, I go to the search bar on Twitter and the page, the, the uh, homepage isn't loading. Mm. So then I type in RIP Kobe and I'm, most of what I'm getting is the LeBron thing. So again, like you, I'm thinking it's a joke, like, oh, RIP Kobe, like his record, like LeBron killed him, whatever. But again, the, the Twitter, the, the news feed is not refreshing and it yeah. just keeps, it's, you know, and so I do look it up. I see that TMZ headline and I'm like, well, it's TMZ. But TMZ can break a lot of shit. They can. I don't know. I just felt like because of how random it was, I was like, they, like, even though there's sleazeball yeah. news, my, they well, break a lot of shit. Yeah. And I mean, I still have, I'm still super weirded out by the fact that they knew even before the authorities knew, like they knew that Kobe Bryant specifically was in a car crash before anyone could get to the thing to identify. Yeah. As a, I mean, oh, I said car crash. Yeah, I mean, helicopter. Um, but you know what I mean? It was just weird how, like, they, they broke the news so immediately. But that all being said, you know, once I was able to kind of keep finding out, okay, this is, it seems like it's real, and pe- more people were mourning and posting about it, you know, then I, I, I mentioned it to my dad, and we were leaving, uh, I think we were leaving church and driving to IHOP, um, and we turned on the radio, and they were talking about it at that point. And then, you, you know, we got out of the car, we parked the car, get out, dad sees someone he knows on the block, and it's this guy on the phone talking mm-hmm. about, yeah, you know, he was in a helicopter crash or something. So everyone felt it, like, and like you said, I didn't, I've never followed basketball, but I think Kobe was the type of guy who transcended it. And yeah, like, there's a few of those, like Allen Iverson, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, of course, yeah. Shaq, Kobe, LeBron, yeah. all the amazing players from the 90s. And I mean, my... And 80s and 70s. And, yeah. Most of my memories of him, like, you know, I'm sure if we had di- certain people in the room, they would go through, like, different highlights. My only thing is, like a lot of people, being in middle school and shouting Kobe whenever you threw something in a basket, whether or not oh. you made it, you know? And I would, and that stayed with me. The fact that, like, I was at my job four weeks ago throwing, like, receipt paper in the basement going, Kobe, for no reason. Just, like, you know, to make fun of myself, if anything, because I can't make it into the, you know, the wastebasket. And then to find that out, it was super hurtful. And even more so that his daughter was with him. Sorry. Yeah, fucking And so, scary. you know, it kind of, when Jude and I were thinking about what to talk about, we went through a lot of things, but um, we kind of wanted to talk about black celebrity and black stardom, um, the impact that black people, when they become famous, have on the culture at large. Um, you know, not only because it's, well, uh, in large part because it's Black History Month and I was, <laughs> we wanted to theme the, ep- the episodes, <laughs> but um, also because it just seems topical right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, some recent news is that, you know, Kendrick Lamar has a biography being written about him that will come out in October. I just told you I don't think we need it because he's so detailed in his music and he's so open. Yeah. And he paints a picture and he told – Good Kid, Mad City is basically the biography. Yeah, it is. You yeah. know? So, I mean, it might be good to read it without the music because you get distracted by the beat. Yeah. There's what song – that had a fire beat, but like somber swimming pools yes, is a yes. fire beat but he's with somber it. ass <laughs> lyrics. Yeah. That's and that whole album really is like, Oh, you're not having a good life. You know, like you need, you need help, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, I was singing, singing about me. I'm dying of thirst. You know that too. I was just like, what? I remember I was singing, um, swimming pools in Mexico and I'm listening to, and I'm listening to myself say the words. I'm just like, yo, this is fucked up. I can't remember them right now. I'm not yeah. going to recite it. But I'm just like, yo, this song is actually kind of fucked up. Yeah. It's kind of sad. And then, you know, I, I think it's also poignant to talk about this because we, I, we can use this 
as a jumping off point for anything else we get into, yeah. is that recently there was this whole um, debacle between Gail King oh. and the rest of the black community. Oh, and the um, woman with the Kobe Bryant story. Yeah, Leslie. She something. didn't say anything that crazy. I didn't watch the thing. I saw it on Hot 97. Yeah. And it's because people are like, it's so fresh. And he didn't have a funeral yet. Mm-hmm. And why are we talking about this allegation yeah. that got dropped or that got um, dismissed. got dismissed? But then there was a civil suit that, you know, they handled privately. Mm-hmm. It's... It's really sad that uh, that the um, justice system gets crazy like that, and um, celebrity just impacts the news, and we all have our own opinion about everything, yeah. and nobody can get justice either way. Yeah, you know, either someone who might be innocent is still guilty into the to the eyes of the public, yeah. and someone might not who is guilty will be completely innocent to the public. So I kind of wish I don't know if it's good or not, but. We should all be able to believe someone who has done something that, that, that's been done wrong to them. Mm-hmm. But let um, the the justice system, if it was if it wasn't so fucked up, yeah. do its job. Yeah. If we had a competent justice system, I think everything would have been fine. I'm actually I'm gonna look up something that I was just watching. Um, Amanda Seals posted. She reposted a video from this guy. Um, you know, he talks like he's a pastor or something, but. I hate niggas like Michael that. <laughs> Michael Eric Dyson. Oh um, yeah, no, 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 I don't. I I don't hate niggas like that. He cool. Minister, I like Michael Eric Dyson. He's a, he's an actual minister actually, yeah. professor, cultural critic. This guy. So he was talking about it like ten minute video basically, and I think he raised a good point. In what do you that say? I, because what I think that people don't people don't um, accept that human beings can be complicated. Like yeah, you ha- you, we, we're we're creating a, a society where you have to be all one thing or all the other. Yeah, and you can't take the the, the good and the bad and then formulate your decision about the person, mm-hmm. um, because like one bad day or whatever or one bad even thought could ruin. So like he was basically talking about how Kobe Bryant, even in the situation, like even though he did not believe that he raped this woman uh, or sexually assaulted her, he did allow for how the how the the encounter you know itself could have led her to believe like she was taken advantage of yeah and so he apologized to her and and to his wife and he did everything that he felt he needed to do as a man as a human being to to reconcile that Mm -hmm. without accepting the full evil of what she you know was was accusing him of and regardless of that like he was basically saying you know kobe was still being a good person throughout all of this and that's what's kind of being lost in this discourse. Like the people who are upset with Gail King for pursuing that line of questioning. Yeah, she's a journalist, and she is a journalist. And journalism is kind of all fucked up now because you know you have somebody in office who is against journalism right. and only reads, you know, the menu at Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> you know, and only watches Fox News, yeah. doesn't take any other consideration. Exactly. And journalism is fucked up for just being sensational, what will sell the most papers yeah. or get the most clicks on yeah. Google or Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's kind of just a capitalist selling game now. We're exactly. just selling, you're not selling people the actual truth after a while, but some, you know, news outlets mm-hmm. are still very good, but. And I do agree with, with, with Dyson in as much as like 
when he says when the when the criticism turns from legitimate, like thoughtful mm-hmm. questions into just vitriolic, like until you're like you're black, like a mob, yeah, you, you know, you, and then you're calling these black women out out of their name. That's when it's like you yeah, know, like, like Snoop was wilding. Yeah, you know. First of all, Snoop, no, we don't need to free Bill Cosby. We do not need a free book. That nigga can rot in there. And <laughs> if you're going to be like, well, what about um, Weinstein? That nigga need to rot in there too. Yeah. Will he? I don't know. Because the justice system is fucked up. And this is an important question, though. I mean, this because these are the minutiae that, that people get into. Because, yes, Gail King decided that she would ask Kobe Bryant's grieving friend about his rape accusations. And then also decided to... Um, decided to say that because of how close this woman was to Kobe, she wouldn't have been able to see what Kobe was doing if mm-hmm. he had indeed been a monster. So people immediately were like, well, yeah, but you were friends with Harvey Weinstein. Did you not see what was happening? Right. We're friends with fucked up people. I was just watching um, this thing about the woman, the girlfriend of Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. And she was his girl yeah. while he was out here doing murdering girl. other women. Yeah. And she had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And then once, you know, a sketch came out and then he escaped from jail a few times. She called the cops on him. Yeah. But you don't know who you're married to or who you're with Definitely. or who your friends are. You don't know what's going to happen in their lives. Well, so do you, do you, you, know? you, do you think that, I mean, it's your friend, it's your friend. And then you're like, like damn, man, he fucked up. Like my, yeah. my, my first boss who took me to baseball games and basketball games is in jail right now for selling that yay. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm dead ass. And... He's 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 been in jail for like four or five four or five years. I still love him. I know he because um, he took me under his wing after my dad died. Right. You know, but you're not going to demonize someone because they made made a mistake. Yeah. It depends on how bad the mistake is, and depends on how unforgivable it, it is. Of but course. you know, you're also your own person. You should be able to forgive the ones you love if you're direct directly with them. Yeah. I mean, I I, I do think you that know? you know, obviously, there's like you know, people have different limits to everything. But I'm I'm wondering like as a as a question, like, how do you feel about the idea that someone like the two men, two very powerful men, yeah. Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein, who accused of very similar similar actions, yeah. have been treated so differently, not only like legally, but but publicly. But publicly and socially. You know? Because I mean maybe maybe socially like they're kind of looked at in the same boat. No, they're looked at in the same boat. But legally it seemed like Bill Cosby's Got there faster. Way more immediate, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was way more immediate. And now that I think about it, yeah. But I, I don't know. We don't know the legal process of those cases. That's true. They're, you know, and they are different enough to warrant different, you know. You know, and it's in different states. Yeah. So the legal process is long. They're building a case. They're getting evidence. They're talking to witnesses. Yeah. They're getting people to go on the stand People are being shaken away from being from the stand on Harvey Weinstein's part. Yeah. There's a bunch of shit going on to build a case. It takes a long time for cases to be built. I forgot um, when the OJ trial was, but it, t- it takes a long time to set that shit up. Yeah. Especially something at that magnitude because you have the media all over it. You have the public opinion all, all over it. Everyone wants to know what's happening. So you're trying to get it right. Yeah. And you're trying to win yeah. at that point. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's... It is interesting to think about. I, you know, I, I felt a little bit uncomfortable watching that interview just because, you know, with um, co- with um, the woman with a Kobe. I'm sorry to keep interrupting. No, it's okay. With with uh, Gail King and, and Leslie, some, I'm forgetting her name. That's actually in the caption of 
this video. Let me not be ignorant. And real quick, um, Lisa will, Leslie, Lisa Leslie. Okay, and real quick, we were laughing our ass off last year with Gail King with the R. Kelly shit. We were, we were dying. We were. And now we're ready to lynch short <laughs> over this shit. No, it's you're absolutely like, right. And that was that was another thing I I'm not weak, but the public. No, no, yeah. So like th- this is something that I think is super interesting is this when it comes to black celebrity in connection with the black community, how we how we negotiate our support of black stars, you know, because like there's this there on the one hand, there's this concept that like, like Issa Rae said that this, this thing she said that become, that's become famous. I'm rooting for anybody black, everybody black when they asked her at an award show. And it's like, there's this concept of, we want to get away from the crabs in a barrel mentality. We want to recognize that we've all been put in the same barrel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's other ways out than just trying to climb over each other and we can lift each other up at the same time. Obviously we're not a monolith. And people are still individual people and make individual yeah. mistakes. So it's it's interesting. Like that's something I really want to dig into is like how how do we set the standard for for like I guess like representation and how do you want to say like yeah like do we do we automatically have to root for everybody black you know I don't know. Until proven, until proven, like, I mean, you, you know what I mean, or until until they give us a reason not to. I mean, until they give us a reason not to, because that's I don't know. Because what you said is it's a good point that like like you said last year we memed the we memed the shit out of R. Kelly life out and of R. We, Kelly and we were loving Gail King because she just sat there like a woman Robert, at church like baby Robert. <laughs> she was like, "Child, I'm away for you." We were like, for you. Everyone was like, "Let let R. Kelly have put a finger on Gail King. Oprah was gonna have him sniped, have him assassinated, whatever." Now we have Gail King and Oprah both on the and we're, and, we're, and we're trying to like set fires to them, like Shrek in the intro production yeah. of Shrek. You know, like we're gonna burn them at the stake. Like, yeah, it's, come on. It's it's kind of like it's this. I think it's this competition to stay woke, stay ahead of the curve. Stay ahead of you know of yeah. You, no one ever wants, but to. also protecting black men. Period. It's mm-hmm. we and we do very little to protect black women. Oh, speak on it, brother. I mean, it's I mean, <laughs> it's just things I've noticed. We people have done it with R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. People have done it with Bill Cosby. Yeah. They protect them, and who are they? You know, attacking who are, who are their victims? Black women, young black women. Yeah. You know, Elijah Muhammad from the Nation of Islam. The reason why, one of the reasons why Malcolm X bounced was there was, of course, um, internal beef. But one of the things he said to kind of get a rise out of everybody was uh, Elijah Muhammad fucking um, had fathered children with like five or six teenage secretaries of his. You know? Yeah. My thing is that anybody can be have the potential for evil. Yeah. We can, we all can do fucked up shit and fucked up shit has happened to us. We've all been victims and we've all been oppressors. Yeah. So you have to just find that sliding scale and if you've been more of a good person, not trying to fuck people's lives up, but if you've <laughs> done some fucked up shit, accept it. I don't know where I'm going with this. No, I'm I just kind you. of like, uh, I appreciate it. I mean, take as much responsibility as you can, right? Like, like what we were talking, what, what, Dyson was talking about with Kobe, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to, um, 
and I want to be careful when I say this. Yeah, I just be really, really careful because I felt myself going down a hatch of like, yo, I could say something really fucking stupid right no, now. So but, let me just chill. No, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's, it's obviously things are case by case, but you don't, there, it does, doing one. I think we have to just look at people as individuals thing, now. Yeah, does not, does not, is not always indicative of your personality and who you actually are. Like the fact that Bill Cosby abused however many tens of people that he did. That's indicative of who he is as a human being because there's no way you could repeatedly do that and not be, be a piece that of type shit. of person, right? Yeah. So there's that, but there are people that you know, and I, I want to get away from like the sexual assault stuff, but like you know, because like I would like niggas getting jumped, like yeah. what happened? Um, Allen Iverson, uh, when he was in high school, he got into a whole racial brawl mm-hmm. in a bowling alley. And he threw a chair at a girl. Allen Iverson and some of his teammates heard that one of the white kids called him a nigga. Um, and this is in Virginia in the 90s. Right. And so the whole brawl happens. It's on video. You don't see you don't see Allen Iverson do anything because mm-hmm. it's just madness. Yeah, and it's also the 90s, so no one could film anything. Where it's, it's on one of those, like, you know, big-ass shoulder yeah. camcorders, <laughs> and you can see the fucking static in yeah. the screen. You know? So that's one. And then he served his time, mm-hmm. and... He became a legend in the NBA, one of my favorite players. And I'm sure he did what he had to do to be a better person and get himself out of that. And then also Michael Vick. Mm. Michael Vick with the whole dogfighting situation. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my mom about it, and and people were on his ass because we we all love dogs. And people were on his ass over this, and they just never let him catch a break. He served his time in jail. And he's done work with animal shelters. He's given money to right. um, peaceful animal acts or whatever. Yeah. Organizations to protect animals. Yeah. And he's been doing his thing. And some of those dogs, while he was in jail, got um, some were put down, mm-hmm. but some got adopted, you know, and were able to, you know, live nice lives. Yeah. Outside of nice being suburban dog life, as suburban <laughs> as suburban dogs with cute little white children, yeah. little three year old babies, and this dog was out there with Michael Vick going, hack, 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 you know. But people are still, and that happened like 10, 15 years ago. People still bring it up. People are still, you're a dog murderer, you're a killer, you need to be in jail, or, or you this, need to be under the church or some yeah, shit. Or this is my favorite. You're only doing this because of the fact that you used to be a dog killer or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm only I'm only acting better because I learned a lesson from my wrong behavior. Like, you know what I mean? People get so and I this is going to turn into me ranting about cancel culture. But people get so caught up in like the fact that oh my god, like god forbid you tweet yeah. anything. People you know are I mean? redeemable and People should have the ability. It's to like with what happened with James Gunn. He's not black, but just a, a, a brief aside: the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, what do you do? It's, it's not even that he did anything. Michael Cernovich, who's like this um, super uh, right wing commentator or whatever, uh-huh. Alex, Alex Jones type dude, oh, he yeah. leaked a bunch of tweets from like '06 that James Gunn That's made. 06. A lot of bad, um, a lot of bad humor. A lot of stuff to do with you know like sexual assault jokes, pedophilia jokes, stuff like that. And I'm using air quotes. You can't see me. Um, but, <laughs> no, he really is. Yeah, I am. But, but you know, and, and people... So he got fired by Disney, and they recently rehired him, but actually the gag is on Disney because now he's getting their money to direct Guardians 3, and he's getting DC money to direct the Suicide Squad reboot because they hired him after Marvel fired him. Point just being that... 
That Suicide all, Squad better be good. I hope so. All this stuff happened, but and everyone was getting infuriated. But then I'm looking at, and some people, I'm not, I'm not acting like I'm the only person who was unaffected or, or whatever. But there were some people saying like, okay, first of all, this was years and years ago. But I'm also looking at the timestamps. It's on 2006. These. What you know? What shows were really popular in 2006? South Park, Family Guy, Futurama. Uh, yeah. Robot Chicken, Boondocks, Boondocks, all that stuff that we were laughing at. We were laughing at pause, no homo. The you niggas second, are gay. The second episode of Boondocks is the trial of R. Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like, why are y'all acting like you just like we all just arrived? Homies over hoes was hilarious. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, you have to, like you said, people are fallible. People also grow, and there's no like. It's one thing to be like. It's one thing to, to notice a, a, a pattern in behavior that hasn't yeah. changed. It's one thing to say. Even with the – we could get into this. What's up, man? The Kevin These Hart situation. Oh, yeah, that one. Who gives a fuck? Kevin Hart not that funny? <laughs> not even All he does is complain about being short and screams. That's true. That's true. That's I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it right there. I'm just going to leave that little messy, spicy tea. <laughs> right on the table. It's going to leave right there on the table with it's a napkin. <laughs> with a napkin and a coaster. Right. There's some I'm going to put, put a spoon in it. Right. There's some You're going to stir it up. <laughs> you know, some honey, some agave nectar if you like it like that. Okay. I'm just going to leave it right there. Thank you. Just for, just for someone to drink. Right. Someone. Um, no, but that, yeah. I mean, I remember when he he was going to host the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And then the Oh, tweet. we can get into that too because that's tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to you again. Go oh, ahead. no, it's okay. But yeah, I think we will move there eventually. Um, because he was going to host, I think, last year or two years ago. Yeah. And then it was either a tweet or the fact that someone brought up like an old stand-up set of his that he, um, you know, he, he had made some homophobic homophobic jokes. And pretty bad. But yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know if people were more upset about the jokes themselves or about his response to them being brought up. I think a lot of it was the response because he seemed like and kind he of abrasive to it. it. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, okay, what he apologized for it. Like, like five years before and that this whole is, thing and happened. This, this and then they brought question, it up again. This is a question, not just for you, but for the audience. Um, uh, DM us. What constitutes for y'all an appropriate apology? Cause I don't know. That is a good one. I don't know. <laughs> Add a, a HBO pod on Instagram. Yeah. Post DM a, us and tell a, us your thoughts sto- on that. Post a story and tag us in it and let us know how you feel. Because April, we're talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Because for me, I, I feel like, again, it's a thing where people just aren't satisfied. It's like, if you did it, then you are it, you know, and there's no apology that you could make because you're now you're really apologizing because we brought it up. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, it's also interesting, like, one of the things I mentioned earlier that I wanted to talk about, because you sent me a really interesting article. Um, oh, yeah. In the wake of, I think, uh, Queen and Slim, a lot of us in the community. I, have, I didn't, I didn't see, see it. it, but I'm just saying it's dope because it has a new black actress in it. And I'm getting tired of seeing the same black actors and actresses in the same fucking movies That's with each other. However, did I? Oh, let me see if I can find this. Did I ever read to you the casting call that they put out for Queen and Slim? No, you never showed me that. The, the description for that female character. So I'm going to look for that. But um, is it going to say Issa Rae type? No, not even. Um, Queen and Slim casting. But I really thought it was going to be like that. (laughs) No, it was something like, so obviously it was written and directed by um, Lena Waithe. And she was in charge of. Oh, I like Lena Waithe. She was in charge of the uh, casting descriptions, right? Mm -hmm. And so it it went out viral, um, the, the actual 
breakdown of the well, the casting director it was a was a white Peruvian lady, so I don't know how much influence Lena Waithe had directly over the casting what the casting director wrote in the you know the thing in the audition piece. Mm-hmm. But I do know that I mean she had to have seen it at some point. Basically, the Okay, so this is from BET.com. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Queen and Slim has been in theaters for less than a week, and so far it's received generally positive reviews. However, the film stirred up fresh controversy when Twitter discovered an old casting call for the role of Queen in the film, which was ultimately portrayed portrayed by Jodie Turner-Smith, who I'm sure does a fantastic job in the film. Um, under the role's description, Carmen Cuba casting relays they're looking for a female between the ages of 20 and 35 who is, quote, brown-skinned, that's fine, and theoretically, if, quote, she were a slave, she would have worked in the fields. Wow! <laughs> wow! And so, no. And, and so... How is that not even a bigger deal? How did that not, like, get popping? Why did I see that on Instagram at all? <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy! Isn't that insane? Like, that the, the fact that... And her agent read that? It was just like, listen, this will be a good this role for you, you, sweetie. This is for you, sweetheart. Like, sweetheart, <laughs> I got this role for you. It's going to be amazing. It's you. You look like a slave and you work in the fields. <sighs> Sorry, what? Sorry, could you do that to me? No, it literally... And you so, look like you work in the fields, sweetheart. I'm telling you, it'll be lovely. I'm telling you. It'll be marvelous. This is for you. It'll set your career up fabulously. You're working alongside Daniel Kaluuya. Okay, yours is way better than mine. <laughs> you, know the, you know the handsome boy from Get Out? Yes, him. You're going to be with him. I think he's British. No, but literally. So they, they, so they wrote that. and I, I'm sorry, bro. That was amazing. <laughs> Daniel, I, I, I'm also assuming that this woman would pronounce his last name correctly the first time. She absolutely wouldn't. This character that I made up in my head. She would call him Daniel. You should do that more often, bro. <laughs> Daniel like, Col- Collard Greens or something. Daniel Collard Greens. Um, that's, what we're call, that's what we're gonna call him from now on. Daniel Collard Greens. And get out too. <laughs> Daniel Collard Greens at it again. Keep fucking the white girls. <laughs> get out further. But um stupid ass. <laughs> keep going. No, but uh, so that's something for us to think about while I while I get into this, because in the wake of Queen and Slim, there has been a lot of conversation about um sort of the commercialization of black trauma yeah. in film. Um, and for me, honestly, I reached a point, I'll, I can say this, after, and I've said this a bunch of times before to a bunch of people who will be listening to this, after 12 Years a Slave, I never t- need to see another slave movie. i never seen 12 Years a Slave. I saw Django Unchained and I was just like, ooh, ooh, okay, yeah, that's Boondocks, okay. Yeah, Django Unchained is, is, is dope. It's Catcher Freeman. That's what it is. It's oh, Catcher Freeman. I, oh, I got it. So the Catcher Freeman episode in Boondocks was basically... Is basically um, uh, Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. So it was about a granddad's great 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 grand grandfather who was a slave um, revolter and was out here chopping niggas up and doing his Django thing. Mm-hmm. He had the bandana on his neck mm-hmm. and the bullets and shit. Had the whole guard. He looked like Django. Mm-hmm. And then there's other stories. And then I won't spoil it for people who already seen it, but it's so long ago. But it's such a good show, so yeah. I'm not gonna do it. But I'm sitting in there watching with my mom. I'm like, this is fucking Catcher Freeman. Like, <laughs> this is Boondocks. Yeah. Fuck Quentin Tarantino. No, nah, 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 I'm Well, you know, <laughs> it's all right. There's a lot of people who feel that way for different reasons. But I, I think it's, it is a valid point that, like, a lot of, um, you know, black film and, uh, and even black uh, theater is based around, you know, the trauma, is based around the, 
the uh, what we call um, the gang shit, the slave yeah, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. the All police this, brutality yeah. shit, trauma porn. It's 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 that's yeah. what it's about. And and even when I saw the trailer for Queen and Slim, and again I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I could be talking out of my behind right now, but the the premise to me seemed inherently controversial for no reason. Like it felt like yeah. it felt even watching the trailer because the trailer makes it look like. They get pulled over by the cop, right? The cop is giving them a hard time. Then there is the cop starts roughing up Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya. Then the girlfriend gets involved. It turns to this big thing. The gun gets away, and then Daniel Kaluuya, of his own volition, shoots this cop, but not necessarily because the cop is like attacking him. So he kills the cop. And to me, I'm like, automatically, you've set yourself up. Whatever argument you're trying to make, Lena Wade, is buried behind. You're not getting past the Blue Lives Matter barricade. Yeah. You just shot a, co- a white cop in, in the opening act of your film, and that's the premise of the movie, so now they're on the run. And again, I haven't seen it. I don't know if the movie is praising them for having done it or if it's a punishment or whatever, but like saying all that to say, I think that it, the article made a really good point that you sent me, and I'm going uh-huh. to pull it up. Um, I think I, I haven't read it, it since I sent it to you. I think I have it. No, I don't. I but yeah, it was all those movies that were coming out, especially the Fruitvale Station with um, B. Jordan and... Uh, um, Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Um, it basically said that, like... We don't need all that. No, <laughs> we don't. Um, it basically said that at a certain point... Yeah, here it is. This is from The Independent. Um, mm-hmm. For some time now, black suffering has been a theme in Hollywood, and I've noticed that in the seven years since the birth of the Black Lives Matter movement, our trauma, specifically at the hands of the police has gone from a subject matter to an entire genre. Yeah. Um, sells tickets. And people who are fake woke and want to be deep will go and watch those movies and be like, that was so powerful. Yeah. Or it's, white people will be like, I finally understand <laughs> what I've been doing wrong this whole you know? time. Yeah. I'm just getting tired. I'm, I'm not getting tired of whatever. I just don't like how there's not a lot of options for even other races to have their genres in movies or we can't just have mixed things and just have stupid whatever movies or have amazing whatever movies yeah you know like um i'm tired of the two black things are either tyler perry movies mm-hmm. which are dumb as fuck <laughs> or these trauma porn movies or these whatever b-list hood movies yeah yeah you know i can't just have a regular ass like friday or yeah you know like dumb black rom-com so it's like oh this is cheesy you and know? that's part of why... And, or Asian ones, too. Yeah. You know? Because they don't have much representation, representation like that, either. In Westerns. So right. Yeah, their big deal was fucking... Uh, their big thing was um, Crazy Rich Asians. The last time an yeah. Asian person led a movie like that, yeah. and it was such a big deal, was probably Enter the Dragon. Yeah. My, my bad. I'm sorry, Jackie Chan, but I love your movies, but, you know, you, you had Chris Tucker with you, or you had <laughs> Owen Wilson with you, you know? Yeah. Or you had some little kids with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I I think that um, oh shoot, you and said they had Jet Li with you. You, you, said, you said something that I that I wanted to. What, what are we talking about before the crazy rich Asians? Oh yeah, that's part of why um, shows like Watchmen uh-huh. are so dope because and I don't know if you saw it. It's on I didn't see. It, I want like, to, but it's just so long. It's so it's so okay, guys, to just have like black people being. Well, Watchmen, okay, Watchmen's not the best example of what I'm trying to say because Watchmen does have a lot to do with, like, it's the police about, about But race it's a political and, fucking yeah. comic book anyways. And we're, yeah, that's where it comes from. But I, I think that, like, what you're getting at is that it's okay to, to 
um, let black people have fun in movies. Yeah. And it's okay to like, let us let everybody be, have fun. Let, yeah. Let us be fantastical. Let, you know, I mean, and that's like, I think that's what, when we, when we think about this idea of representation, right? Like, what do we want to represent? Because first of all, what even is representation? You know, what is it, what do you think that means to you? What does it mean to me? I don't know. Cause I felt, I felt like I related to plenty of white characters, plenty of Asian characters. I related to, um, Kurt, from the X-Men, uh, Nightcrawler, uh-huh. the blue one yeah. from fucking Transylvania yeah. with that whatever accent he yeah, has. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing him on X-Men Evolution. I was like, yo, I fuck with him. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he's the blue one. I like blue. That's the one I would be. Yeah. You know, I'd be him. Or uh, who, who else I had that? Or Max from Goofy Movie. Or um, mm. he's, a, he's a dog, but he's yeah. a white kid. Like yeah, you know, yeah. You're assuming he's a white kid. Yeah. Like, whatever. Um, you, I can find representation anywhere as long because I, I don't really – identify myself as just a black dude right. or I'm maybe it's, I'm mixed maybe it's also I'm different from biracial you're biracial yeah. yeah I'm mixed I'm biracial and I'm I'm I feel like I have the privilege or I'm lucky enough to be able to identify with whatever I like mm-hmm. you know I identified with um this movie Johnny Tsunami and the kid mm-hmm. Johnny is this Hawaiian kid moving into um, Vermont mm-hmm. with all these rich ass white kids and he's hanging out with the black kids snowboarding and while, while the white kids ski. Yeah. You know, and he beats the white kid in a, in a snow race. It was really dope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel you. I think like, yeah, when people talk about representation, I think what they mean is that, I mean, and I'm taking, um, two courses on this that kind of correlate, uh, one is called race and representation. So mm-hmm. obviously, and then one is called communication and popular culture. And they're both kind of about how, how we're, everything we consume as far as media is concerned has been coded in a specific way. Yeah. Um, and so Damn, I'll take that class. Yeah. So there is a very, um, legitimate critique to be had in that we, we haven't done very much work despite how much, how much of, um, our culture in America has been created and or innovated by black people. Yeah. How many things have been invented by black women, invented by black men, all that stuff. We haven't, we pay lip service to it, especially when it comes to the black women, obviously, mm-hmm. but we don't, um, we don't, all, our culture doesn't always reflect it, weirdly enough. American culture or black American culture, culture okay, I think. Cool. And so, uh, which some can make the argument is black culture. Some yeah, people would say that. And so, for me, it's like. What's the greatest, what's the most popular music right now? Hip hop. Okay. Used to be rock and now it's hip hop and yeah. rock came from Listen. blues anyway, which was a black invention. <laughs> and and rock hasn't been good since 1990. Whoop! <laughs> Listen, That's... ever since like Nirvana and Red Hot Chili Peppers kind of chilled out, and well, obviously Nirvana didn't chill out. Kurt mm-hmm. Cobain killed himself. RP right. to the God. RP. You know, it, you know, rock, rock's been kind of trash. Mm. Yeah, know, like it's a valid thought. It's it's become much more obscure. It's either pop rock or soft alt rock or whatever. And also, I'm I'm ignorant. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of like still. Imagine Dragon Ball's Fire. I still love me some Paramore, but that's soft rock. That's Paramore. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm emo. <laughs> but, um, uh, but I think what people talk about when they when they talk about representation because of that is, you know, um, seeing different kinds of stories, right? That, like, yeah. ultimately um, can be identifiably. It's fine to have stories that are neutral, are ethnically neutral. Yeah. And it's also nice to have more stories that are identifiably whatever ethnicity identifiably black in this case and you know i even remember like 
I mean, we just we just talked about how he can he can you know stay in jail and we don't need to free him. But Little Bill, when I was growing up, I loved me some Little Bill. Oh hell yeah, me too. That shit was Bill. fire. <laughs> little Bill was fire, and um, I I kind of identified with Little Bill because he was this nerdy kid who loved reading and that was his whole thing. Yeah, um, it was dope. You know, but yeah, like you said, there was there's still enjoyment for me to be had and ha- has always been and always will be for me to be had in things that aren't black owned or whatever, you know, but I think like, it's interesting that you brought up Tyler Perry. That's almost I a whole fuck other, that nigga. that's almost a whole other podcast. Cause, Cause yo, I just, <laughs> I don't, I just don't like him. I don't like his stories. I like the way he writes. I don't like the way his characters are set up. He makes all, he has literally five types of women on this, on his, <laughs> he has five women. Yeah. You know, there might be all different actresses, but you can literally replace them easily. Yeah. It's the bitch. Yeah. Um, the church lady, mm-hmm. the professional one, the independent, the, the one, the professional one is the independent one. Mm-hmm. There's the fucking, who, who usually is, is made less independent because she finds love. She realizes she that needs a man. Her after independence, a while. Her independence has, has stopped her from being able to have a romantic exactly. relationship. You know, her, or the one that's being abused right. and then the fucking, um, baby mother or some shit. Yeah. You know, the, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, that's all. And then he puts in, you know, Medea. Yeah, you know, just cause, yeah. which I think is stupid. Like you're representing women like that. I'm not just gonna say black. You're representing women like that, bro. Yeah. Like, come on. Sometimes cross dressing can be funny. Yeah, you know, you know, Eddie Murphy's hilarious. Yeah, sure. But Tyler even, Perry, some, even there's even some media stuff. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I've never liked a Tyler Perry thing in my life. I, I did when I was 12, but I was like, nigga, you stupid. <laughs> and we, you know, we have we we might have yeah different levels of experience with it. I I think that um oh boy, and then he keeps all the men like. I'm a victim. I'm must chill out. I'm doing whatever. Or then they'll have the guy beating on his wife. You know? But you, you always but have to have a fight between you always have to have a fight between the, the old the light skin, the light skin, the light skin new guy and the dark skin abuser. And he's racist <laughs> for that too, anyways, because isn't it the isn't it the dark skin dude that's always beating on his wife? Most of the time. Most of the time. Spicy. But you know, I, I think like Oh, the the heat's coming up. Sorry, oh, radiation, radiation, <laughs> Radia- <laughs> the radiator is steaming. Well, um, not actually steaming, but it's just like. Um, but I think that there's a there's a, I kind of fall into what um, Corey Corey White. No, what I'm talking about. Goodwin. Which one is the lead and double toasted? Corey Coleman or it's Coleman? I think it was the, the lead. oh yeah, yeah Corey yeah. Coleman. He 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 talked about Tyler Perry and he said that like as a businessman. To a certain extent, I respect it. Like I respect. Okay, yeah. you're. I mean, it's McDonald's. It's a, you found your recipe. You found your formula. You got it. And maybe he should go in there change because there are people who like what he does legitimately. There are people like me who, at this point, watch it for ironic kicks because I know that it's. I'm not gonna like. I know it's gonna be bad. Like when I watched Acrimony, I knew that I wasn't gonna like it. Did you see um Fall from Grace? I did. How was it? Horrendous. Horrendous. Actually, as I'm ashtray, bitch. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. I just know that line. <laughs> best line. Best line of 2020. Ashtray, bitch. <laughs> it's his delivery, too. It's so heavy. Ashtray. <laughs> and so. Um, it was almost me. <laughs> I hope not. Dear God. Um, no, but you but, know the story. <laughs> But no, it wasn't. But um, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I'm it, telling you, it, it never be. It will never be me. But it's really funny. Jude's too woke. It's really, um, no, I'm not woke. I hate woke. No. I'm a philosophical gangster. You're conscious. 
No, I'm a philosophical gangster. Okay, not not even conscious, just philosophical. I'm a philosophical gangster. Period. But um, what was what was I saying? It was Ashay bitch, and then you were saying something before that. Basically, yeah. That um, as far as like I guess you know black capitalists go, which is another again that could be another podcast. Oh, that's another spicy thing. But (laughs) so spicy, Justin. We are. You're being so spicy. He he is. He did what like the idea is, and he's built this studio, which is a massive accomplishment. It's the size of a small city, you know what I mean? And it was a Confederate base. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't, didn't know that. that. No. Yeah, he he bought he, it. It was a it was a con, a former Confederate army base. Oh, uh-huh. and you know, golf clap. Whatever. Very nice, very nice, Tyler. Very nice, Mister Perry. Thank you. Um, and then they're like, oh, he turned down Disney, and blah 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 blah, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. suck my dick. I, but I do think you're right. And this is something I was telling my parents is like you – because he posted this video where he had like one, two, three, four, five, six manuscripts for television shows all out in front of him. He was like, you see this? I wrote all of them. So? And I was like, I was like okay, that might have been cool when you were like in college. But now you are not only rich enough to hire a writer's room. You are actually creatively obligated to not be the only person writing your own stuff anymore. It, it doesn't make sense – for you to keep being in your head for this much time. And it's totally fine. Just like Drake writing his own lyrics. Written, produced, and directed. <laughs> Written, produced, and directed by Tyler Perry <laughs> is cool. That's so great for like, for a for starting out role. Yeah. But like, you don't have to do this, bro. Especially not for TV shows. And you need help. And multiple episodes and seasons, bro. And you, you just, yeah, you got to get out of your own head. You cannot be. And no one can work like that. The, no. The, the idea that you can. The ego is too much. The idea that people can think they can work like that is beyond me, and it's ridiculous. You yeah. need to chill out. Definitely. You know, I'm not going to drive my car forever. Yeah. It needs to stop. Yeah. I need to stop. I need to sleep. I need <laughs> to not be woke at this moment. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you know, it's it's, and like like we've said, like I obviously there. You know, to a, and I remember like because ha- I have uh, 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 tapes of his plays. Uh, you know, like the DVD recordings of, of the plays he used to put up. And I just think that at a certain point, like, okay, there are aspects and tropes of the black community that, sure, you could put on display, and that's fine if that's what you want to do. Um, some of it's funny. Yeah. But at a certain point, it does become too, way too much of, of a parody. And, like, for us, for black people watching it, we might know that it's a joke. But for other people, they don't know. For the white people, they don't know that that's Why a joke. Why do you always go for the white people? For the people. Asian people, they for don't the, know that it's a joke. For the Latino people, they don't know. That's, well, they do know it's a joke. Some of them. But it's black anyways. I mean? You know what I mean? It's like you you are presenting – it gets to a point where you're – The Eskimos don't that. know what it is. The Eskimos don't know. The indigenous Americans, they don't know. You know they, And they're not allowed to know anything. The, yeah. That's fucked up. Where's I'm, their – I'm being spicy. I'm being ridiculous. That was actually a dumb statement. Awful. I'm, <laughs> I'm retracting that. It's good that you caught yourself immediately. No, but like – yeah, the the point is that, you know, that's where it gets really sticky for me is that you, there's no real accountability, I feel, for the fact that, like, you are representing something that is not entirely true. You're, you're putting, like, these kind of cartoon characters out to the world and saying, like, and it's this cool, is real. But put out something else. Yeah. You know, with all your influence, there, there, I mean, even just looking at that movie, A Fall From Grace, there's no reason the production was that atrocious. The wigs in that film. The lighting in that film. The production in Bad Boys was pretty bad. Was it? Yo, so like, spoiler, um, Will Smith got shot, right? Oh, okay. And I saw, you can see, like, the red splotch. Oh, but like, okay. electronically, uh, the pixels, like, appear on his shirt as uh, he's getting shot. 
or when you see a gunshot happen, you see the kind of like the fake, muzzle like a flash. really mu- muzzle flash, the ugly fake muzzle flash from like a video game in the nineties or some <laughs> shit. You <laughs> see <Golden> that. See, <laughs> you see the Grand Theft, the San Andreas shit. Like <laughs> here we go again. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm not even uh, a film person. I actually, uh, I never told you this. Mm. For two summers, I went to New York Film Academy summer camp. Oh, how was that? It was interesting. You know, I was, you know, only black kid there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, I made a couple things and it was cool. And so I kind of understand editing in a very minuscule way. Mm-hmm. And so when I see it sometimes, I'm just like, oh, this is shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Once Do better, Will Smith. Editing is so crazy. because it's so hard. Brief, brief tangent. Editing is really what it's separates so films from, from like, any of us. From ass to good. Yes. Like, and from theater. is like, the edit is, is where the movie is. And so, you don't really think about it when, you're not supposed to think about it when it's great. You're not supposed to realize it, you know, necessarily, except for, like, things that are intentional, like, certain transitions and stuff. But you do notice when something is bad, when you move from one scene to another with no idea how you got there, or like, you know, sound editing and all that stuff. So yeah, props to editors. They are the unsung it's heroes so hard. Of, of the industry, uh, of, of any industry, music, anything like that, writing. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as film goes, obviously the Oscars are tonight. We're recording uh, the, the, the afternoon of the, of the Oscars. Um, What's I, up for what? I don't intend to watch, but... Um, we have it's an interesting crowd of, of films this year. We could actually you could I was actually watching um something on Wisecrack about how the Oscars started and it was um basically a way to keep the union from rising. So when you so this guy from MGM, I forgot his name, created the Oscars as its own union, created the Academy as a as the union. Mm. To pay the laborers and everybody less off rip before um, an actual, you know, solid, unbiased union would come up and demand more money for these workers. And it kind of caused a separation of the artiste to the laborers. The laborers being the sound guy, the light guy, or, no, you know what? This is the 1930s. The sound guy, right, the light right, guy, right, right. the camera guy. Set dressing guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makeup guy. You know? And then the artists, the actors, and the directors, and blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Yeah. It was all to, like... Wisecrack is a dope channel. I, I love them so much. I like the philosophy of, and then, like... Yeah, my favorite one was, uh, I think, the Dragon Ball one. They did a couple good Joker ones. They did philosophy of Dragon Ball Z? No, uh, the Dragon Ball, oh. the original. Oh, okay. And it was basically um, based off of this um, Buddhist teachings and how, like, uh, you don't directly go for, you know, your goal. You might have to go for the sidetrack. You know, if, if something needs help, mm-hmm. it might take you to your goal anyways. Mm-hmm. You might think you're going slower, mm-hmm. but you're actually That's the right path. going the right, the right path. Speed. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, as far as what's nominated, I guess if anyone was curious, uh, you know, Best Picture, it's it's kind of a random year. Uh, Best Picture, we have Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little once Women, a- Marriage Story, 1917, and Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Now, oh, I want to see Jojo Rabbit actually. I wasn't I wasn't crazy about seeing it. I don't know. Listen, I, of these, I've seen listen, three, four, five. Not- Listen, Nazis being made fun of in a parody, 
I'm all for. I'm all, I'm all for a Nazi roast. Yeah, well, yeah, that's valid. I um, I do. And they were talking about that too on um, Wisecrack, how these movies, the Oscar-winning movies, mm-hmm. they keep interrupting you. That's how right. the Oscar-winning movies are like either like big war epics or yeah, um, biopics about yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. They're all have that like general um, formula. Yeah, but not artistically um, astounding movies. Like Matrix was passed over. Yeah. Fucking um, uh, Shawshank Redemption actually didn't, wasn't popular at all when it came out. When it came out. It got popping on video on Blockbuster. Yeah. You know? Because the idea of you're sympathizing with men in a prison. Yeah. But then when you watch the movie and what was going down is an actually amazing movie. Yeah. It's actually one of my favorite movies. Yeah. It's mad dope. Morgan Freeman has been 80 years old ever since he was born. <laughs> I love you, Morgan. You're my father. <laughs> but I, I was actually talking to a, a friend of mine last night about this as far as like, and, you know, just looking at Best Picture, um, you know, I'm, I'm not watching just because, like, I kind of got bored, or, or at least I'm bored this year with, with this election. Um, but I do... I would like, I would love if Parasite won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I think it's more possible than people might think because the Oscars, the Academy does pick like random selections. Like when they gave it to Shape of Water two years ago. Oh, yeah, I heard about uh, that. That was weird. I mean, other than that, I, I guess it could be The Irishman, but that would be super boring. Um, I didn't even see The Irishman because I heard it was three hours long. It's three and a half hours long. And I'll be honest, guys, it's just okay. <laughs> That's how I feel, about and I it. love Martin Scorsese. What do you ever? How, um, what's your favorite Martin Scorsese movie? Because you saw Raging Bull. I've seen Raging Bull. I've seen Taxi Driver. I've seen. I never saw Taxi Driver. I've seen. Uh, I haven't seen The Departed. Smack it through. I have seen Goodfellas. Great movie. Um, and I've seen. I haven't seen King of Comedy. I would say right now. Um, I'm a Goodfellas guy. Off the top, I guess. It would be good, fellas, probably. But I also like Martin Scorsese's style of filmmaking is actually no, it's probably Raging Bull. It is Raging, Raging Bull. Bull was really good. It is Raging Bull because there's no narration. Has it. CTE because that nigga has some brain damage. Oh, that was wild. And I don't mind. I don't mind narration and everything. I don't mind that that's his stylistic choice. But I did like that Raging Bull didn't have narration from what mm. I can remember. Okay. Um, and I think the performances in it are great, especially Joe Pesci is really great in that movie. Joe Pesci is great, period. Yeah. Um, so that's probably my favorite. But you can go from gangster to um, Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, right. The range. The range. The range. Come on, son. Um, that's what we're doing. But yeah, I think that like what's important to remember when it comes to award shows is that one, and this is first and foremost, they're pretty arbitrary. What? What's arbitrary? As in like... Oh, the, the awards? Yeah. Is that like they, they don't like... They are honorific, and it's fine. It's fun to, like, acknowledge this. But honestly, like, even being nominated, sometimes people, like, people take, like, the snubbing thing too far. It's like, okay, a film was nominated, and it doesn't win. It was snubbed. It's like, no, it was nominated. That film will forever be Academy Award nominated. That actor will forever be Academy Award nominated. That's something that's on your record. So, like, facts, and also the same thing with the Grammys. The only time I really felt like something was snubbed when Macklemore won over um, Good Kid. Oh Jesus! What? When did that happen? That happened in like 
when Good Kid came out? Like 2012? Matt Lamore had made an album? Yeah, with uh, Matt Lamore, Ryan Lewis with Thrift Shop. And and they chose that for what? Hip-hop? Yeah, best rap album. <laughs> best rap album at that, on, at that year was... I'm um, asleep. Beat um, Good Kid, Mad City. That's the only time I thought something was snubbed. To your point, I, I thought both in the recent years, Beyonce and Jay-Z, I thought were both snubbed for best album. But that was a hard... Those, those were hard, though, because damn is damn. 444 is 444. Yeah. And I love both albums. What, was, was 444 and Damn came out the same year? Yeah. So that's like... Mm-hmm. And Damn one. So like... Oh, for best rap. Yeah, but 444 was also for be- for album of the year, if I'm not mistaken. And he lost to Bruno Mars. But that was also a big album. And it, it was... 24 Care Match is dope. But no one was talking about it until way after it came out, is all I'm saying. But it was... No, no one that we knew about like that. Again. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I wanted to go over it again because we just missed the Grammys. Yeah. I don't even know who won. I, I don't even know who won because it was the day Kobe died. Yeah. Um, but like, I would say that Bruno Mars album because it's so big. It'll go. It, he has such a big, big, big audience. And so does Hove. True. But like, Bruno Mars is in your seventy-year-old Italian Asian or Asian grandmother's radio just because. Billie Eilish won all four of the major categories. She's she's a little bad, little bastard. She's a bad, she's a bad kid. And and Tyler the Creator won his thing. Yeah, I mean, what Billie Eilish said recently about um, how rappers are all posers was kind of weird because it's like, aren't you also kind of contributing to like everything? <laughs> a lot of your image is also posing. But I think she's talented. You didn't hear about this? Nah, I didn't see her calling rappers posers. But I think what she means is like the weird rapper rap like on some like a uh, uh Migo shit or um six nine shit or I mean she 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 might have been. But she said uh what did she say? Um or like Lil TJ or Lil Pump. Those quote, kids. Quote there's a difference between and listen like I did see the nuance in, in potentially what she might have meant, but I also think that this is this is a difficult thing to stomach coming from like a, an eighteen year old kid who has built a lot of her image around Um, romanticizing mental illness and depression and stuff like that. So that being said, she said there's a difference between lying in a song and writing a story. Uh, Quote, Mm. uh, Eilish said in the profile, open quote, there are tons of songs where people are just lying. There's a lot of that in rap right now from people that I know who rap, close quote. And so this is from Vulture. Um, This is Um, an article that you can read. Uh, The Tide has rapidly... Culture Vulture. I feel like being spicy. Um, But saying like, yeah, she won, I think, Best New Artist, Best... uh, Album of the year, uh, uh, record of the year, and song of the year. Good for her. Will she be here in, in a couple of years? Who knows? Who knows? Um, she'll probably drop off the map and reinvent herself the same way Miley Cyrus did. Yeah. So more dreadlocks. Or shave her head. Um, but now Britney already did that. Oh yeah, you gotta. So she's gotta switch it up. Yeah, gotta do something different. Britney, bitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's important to realize like progress, even when it's incremental. Yeah. I think that, I guess that's just like if there's a thesis to this episode because we did just kind of have a long winding conversation. We didn't have really any focus points necessarily. Um, yeah. We just wanted to kind of take it easy. But I think it's important to recognize progress even when it's incremental and it's important to validate that progress. It's the same thing like when you're raising yeah. a kid. You know, when your kid finally does something that you've been telling them or wanting them to do. And we talk about this in social psychology, like when the, when the shy kid finally comes out to spend time with the family. Oh, look who decided to join us. Don't do that. Like, validate it. Encourage it. Oh, I'm glad you're here. You want to, you know, like, that's what we should be doing. Want to sell to that, buddy? The culture is our kid. (laughs) We're all raising it. We have to be, I think, a lot more attentive attentive and gentle with each other and not try to, like, 
one up each other with with these you know with tweets and, and woke concepts. Be nice to each other. Yeah, that's that's the end the end goal. <laughs> um, yeah, man. we're back though, guys. Uh, we have um, we have a lot of ideas for um, this season two. Uh, we definitely want to start getting some more voices in here more, more regularly. Um, if DM us, HBO, yes, HBO pod on, Instagram. on Instagram. If you're interested in potentially featuring, let us know, uh, you know, your name, where you're from, what you would want to talk about. And, and uh, you know, share this with your friends. You can find more. You can find the first four episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can find the first two episodes on SoundCloud because we're not paying for SoundCloud Pro. SoundCloud can suck a dick. <laughs> and um, as always, you can tune back in the week after next where we'll be talking about whatever we're going to talk about. Easier. All right. Um, peace and love always. Blessings and excellence. Stay safe. We didn't check Citizen today, so you guys check it for yourselves. And real quick, Justin, there's one last thing. What have you been listening to lately? Oh, yes, of course. Um, listen, this is a great question. <laughs> um, because I have been listening to a lot of cool stuff. I really, I listened to this whole Stormzy album. Oh, how is it? Amazing. I am, I, I knew that I liked Stormzy, but now I'm fully a fan. You're fully uh, a fan of this lit. I would say the specific songs that I've been bumping a lot recently are uh, Bossy Bop. Bossy Bop. Kobe <laughs> <laughs> Show. Yeah. Um, and Own It, um, which has Ed Sheeran and Burna Boy on it. That's and, fun. Uh, uh, and, uh, and then another one that's non-Stormzy. Um... Oh, uh, what was the joint? Um, L.A. Weed. <laughs> yeah, by Fuego, C. Tangana, and Alvaro Diaz. Just some random um, Latin song that I put on. Dope. And um, you? Um, yo, like, it's so bad. I'm still on my Griselda shit. I still have to, I have to work my way through that playlist you gave me. Oh, how you like it so far? I, I, I've, I've listened to literally only two of the songs, so I'm, I'm not doing that great. But Which I, ones did you listen to? The Literally in order. So I listened to Rubber Bands and Wait, and then the one you sent me after that, which I think was just called Griselda. No, it was called. I'm going through our thing, and what you what tweet did you send me? You go to see Shorty in an unfamiliar project, and she's taking too long to buzz. Oh, you through. gotta watch that video. It's a watch. video of Drake standing in the projects trying to film a music video. Oh, and Marcy, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are Jay Z's projects. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, what? All right, let me see this damn thing. What did I send you? Da, 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 da. I gotta run through all this real quick. But I'm on this like Griselda wave, man. I'm like just such a bad person. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god, like what? Okay, yes, yeah. oh, eighteen wheelers, eighteen wheelers. Yeah, I listened to that one. So I got to get through Doctor yeah. Birds. Ready made all this stuff, but but uh, I've been listening to uh, shit. I want to like because then I have like my regular playlist that I just like you know let let let, let it just play and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'd say I listen to like motherfucking. Let me see who can pop up. Jesus Christ, um, the firm, mm. uh, which is which was a group that was formed. It was Nas, Foxy Brown, and A Z. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. It was so fucking. It's literally uh, the crispy lasagna. <laughs> you know, it's all based off that wise guy mob. Mafia rap, yeah, and it was so so good. And um, I'd say I was also listening to a lot of some G Unit, so like some Fifty, some Lloyd Banks, and always, always the game, always, always the game, always the game. Yeah, man. Well, now you guys have the songs you're gonna kick the week off with. 
I hope you enjoy this conversation. Um, if you're still here, listen to it. <laughs> and, uh, you bet it. We'll be back on the, oh God, I can't do dates. What is it? The 23rd, I think is the next oh, Monday we have every other week. Yeah. So then it'll be a month away from my birthday. Oh, by oh, the way, in March is going to be different because both Jude and I are turning 22. 22. Now, so, Justin, we're on a podcast. You're bounded by this. You're putting this on record. I'm putting this on record. <laughs> I've been trying to go out with you. Yes, you have. Listen, man. I'm not saying we got to be out here popping mad bottles, being mad stupid, being mad reckless. But let's go to one little place that I know. <laughs> be reckless. And let's get our friend Amir a dance with a nice young lady. Not at a specific club. No. No, 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 no. Not, not, not one of those. No, 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 no. We don't got to do all that. Because you know what? Amir might die. Maybe. You know? <laughs> but. We ease him into it. But I mean, I know you're listening. Because <laughs> you're mixing this. <laughs> I know you hear this. But we go to another spot, mm. not too far from here. Okay. And do it like that. Listen, I am open to it. And God, <laughs> you're, such a bitch. you're not, not going to trap me like that. Oh my God. No, but. We-